Welcome to Elagumra the Podcast. I'm your host, Abdullah, and with me today is Marissa Duran. How are you doing, Marissa? I'm pretty good. I haven't had my coffee yet, but I'm I'm awake enough to be able to do an interview, so we are good. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Now I feel bad. No, 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 feel... no, no. You're good. Now I feel bad because I'm like, oh, if you haven't had your morning coffee yet and we're, we're doing this. And... <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you're ready to talk about anime? For, for Absolutely. Because like, <laughs> Lord knows I, I, I can't function without my morning coffee. Like I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, yeah, I need my morning coffee to, to, to keep awake <laughs> right? For, for X amount of uh, hours in the morning before I go back to sleep because I have this horrible habit of wait, of going to, to going to bed really late and then waking up early in the more early in the morning and. Oh God, I hate it! I hate it so much. <laughs> but uh, that's that's the human body. Uh, it's always it's always so weird. Anyway, um, <laughs> for those that are still listening, uh, welcome to this shit show that is um, this podcast. This podcast hasn't been good since ever, but um, thank you for listening. And um, yeah, anyway, anime. Um, <laughs> How did you get started in acting and what made you want to pursue anime dubbing of all things? Yeah, it's an interesting story. So I started out as a theater kid. Uh, my mom enrolled me in some little like summer theater camp for three weeks back, I think right before I started second grade. And uh, little did she know that the theater bug would bite and I would want to do that for the rest of my life. So I did, and I uh, did theater all through middle school and high school, and then because my parents were so supportive, I was able to pursue um, an acting degree in college. So I did that, and um, in college is actually when I was kind of introduced more into the worlds of film and voiceover. So in 2015 was the first time I ever did Walla for a show at Funimation, and I didn't really think much of it. I was like, oh, this is a cool side gig. Voiceover's cool. Like, I didn't really expect it to really go anywhere. Um, so I did Walla for about five years. And then uh, this year was when I, I had my first named role. And hopefully the trend continues. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't really know. I guess one of the big things that happened was COVID because suddenly, you know, film and theater all but shut down entirely. And I needed another way to creatively express myself. So voiceover kind of became that method and you know I started upgrading my booth here at home and taking some classes online when I could find them and uh, I, I guess that was the push that I needed it's like well you can't do anything else here's voiceover but that's what kind of caused me to realize how much I loved voiceover um, and being able to tell stories using my voice alone I think it's a really fun challenge and one that I I really enjoy 
That's that's interesting because most of the people I talk to like are, have already like had experience in voiceover. So seeing someone like yourself come into it like relatively still new because like 2015 was only like a couple right. a couple years ago, you know, come in and you know set up the set up her own um, what do you call it uh, booth from the ground up and and uh, take classes and 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 still get a lead role in an, in a modern anime. It's just, it's just, wow. That's, that's kind of amazing. It was fate. <laughs> well, I mean, call it whatever you will, but it is like, I, it's, it's interesting because like, because like when you watch like typically like a Funimation produced dub, like they always have like their go-to people for, for the roles and, you know, that can be a good thing or bad thing, but it's kind of it's kind of refreshing for me personally as someone who, you know, doesn't really watch that much anime, but if it's like, Oh, if it's, if it's, if it's a, if it's a Funimation dub, I know what I'm getting into sometimes, but I was kind of pleasantly surprised at, at how, like, <laughs> at how much new talent has cropped up over this past year alone, which is, I think, yeah. is great, which is COVID's great. been a big blessing in that regard, I think, because suddenly, you know, you can record from anywhere. They can just patch you into the studio. So we're seeing a lot of voice actors from LA or, you know, other states across the country being able to work at Funimation because everything's remote. And so uh, in a really, really backwards way, it's like COVID um, helped with that, as as weird as that sounds. And I, I really hope that trend continues and we continue to see more actors from other places get work at Funimation. Well, I mean, it, it depends on... I mean, it depends on the circumstances because, you know, union, non-union <laughs> negotiations right, yeah. and, and, um, I mean, look, I know that, you know, there are a lot of people I've had on here that have just flat out told me that they will not, they, will, they won't do anime because it's like a tedious process and it doesn't pay much. And I'm like, okay, I get that because like <laughs> the average payment is like what, 75 bucks for like an entire session <laughs> uh, per hour. So it depends. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's it's like, but I mean, I understand that. I mean, and even like because I've talked to people who've done Netflix anime, and 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 they say like the rate is a little bit higher, but it's not that much. So don't don't ex while 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 um you're getting to see a lot of talent, you know, in anime, don't expect you know don't expect really big names in in everything because uh, you know people are people um. People have their preferences because it's like, well, I mean, it's a tedious process. And if I'm getting paid, you know, I need to get paid for, for my time. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. For sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, you know, props to anyone who still um, does anime because it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, especially during COVID where you have to, <laughs> where you have to record from home and make sure the lips the lip flaps um still match and that there's no delay and no one drops and uh. yeah <laughs> cuz i've talked to people who are like um when are we going to get back into the studios cuz i don't want to do this from home anymore anyway um yeah so um what like how has how's the experience from recording from home been like for you it's interesting. I So I recorded from home a little bit, but for the most part, I actually have still been going into the studio. Um, and it's a it's kind of creepy because, they, you know, it's like this kind of like big, uh, not warehouse, but like big office space. 
And like, sometimes it's, it's, you're literally the only person in there. And I was not aware that that was going to be the case the first time I went in. So I walked into my little recording studio and I was like, oh, there's no one in here. So I went into the actual booth and like closed the door and just kind of waited. Cause I was like, well, maybe they're on lunch. I don't know. And then I started hearing voices coming through my headphones and I was like, oh, the director and the audio engineer are at home and I'm here. Okay. I understand now. Um, so yeah, it's been interesting because like, I'm the only person in that studio. There might be someone else in another studio, but I literally have no contact with them and I will not see them. Um, cause they, they have very strict regulations in place and it's like, everything is a one way walk. So like you won't walk into anyone that's walking into the building if you're leaving. Um, and they have security cameras up. So like, they'll tell you if you can enter and you have to have a mask on. Um, but the hallways have to be clear for you to be able to enter. So yeah, they, they kind of have it down to a science at this point. And I, I greatly appreciate their efforts to keep us all safe. And um, like, um, how is that? Like, does it, did you get used to it at some point? Cause I can imagine like the first time doing that, it must've been like a weird experience. Yeah. A little bit, especially when you're so used to like having the director and the engineer there with you through the window to be able to see them. Um, it, it's interesting. Cause like now I have to go solely off of what they're saying. Um, and so there's a lot, I think in some ways a lot more like verbal communication happening because there has to be, and we can't rely on like physical gestures or anything like that to, to convey emotion. Um, so it took some getting used to at first, but I would say, honestly, after like the first session, I was like, okay, I understand what's going to happen. I know what I need to get done. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a very collaborative effort. Sometimes Source Connect decides that it wants to drop out. Um, and then we just wait until everyone's back and then we pick right back up. <laughs> oh, yeah. The the wonderful pauses because someone yeah. dropped. <laughs> oh, oh, someone dropped. Better do it. Better wait. Okay, let's go. Every time. Every time. Um, and um, and how was it like? Did did it feel like did it feel surreal like going in to record for like a, a lead role in an anime when it, when previously you had just done like Walla or whatever? Yeah, super surreal and and very unexpected. I. Uh like sent in my auditions and I, I had to record them super, super late at night one night because I had been house sitting for a friend. And of course I don't have my equipment with me there. So I drove home and it was like 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, okay, these are due tomorrow, but I'm going to get them done. They're going to be great. And I'm not going to think about them again. So I sent them all off. And later that week I got an email being like, Hey, can you come in to record Kyoko Hori? And I was like, wait a minute. Isn't that the lead? Wait a second. So I went back to the original email with the sides and looked it up and I was like, holy crap. Um, it, yeah. So that blew my mind. And I uh, was at work when I got the email and I asked my boss, I was like, um, can I go in the back real quick so I can respond to this email? And she's like, yeah, no problem. So yeah, it was uh, I that whole shift. I was just kind of on cloud nine. Um, and uh, oh man, it was the biggest honor and the biggest blessing. Uh and it was just so unexpected and I, it's something I'm going to remember for a long time. I am forever grateful to Caitlin and Sean for bringing me on board and, and believing in me enough to give me my first lead role. And how was, um, how was that experience for you to recording from beginning to end? It was so, so cool to see how a character can blossom, uh, 
just, you know, over the course of a few weeks. Um, and I, I learned a lot about myself as an actor too, because I, I went in originally and I was like, okay, and I, I have, you know, this Japanese voice actress who I, I, I kind of need to sound like so that people aren't disappointed, but also I need to put my own spin on it because I don't want to imitate her or, or mimic her voice. Um, and so I, I think I gradually became more comfortable with the fact that my voice is my voice and I am who I am. And so I started to bring that into the character. And I think that's when she started to become a little more real and a little more nuanced and uh, maybe less of a character and more like a real person that people could relate to. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a really good experience just learning that there, there aren't necessarily, like, yes, there are right decisions to be made in the booth. But you need to go in with the idea of I'm telling a story and I'm here to have fun. And I, I want to tell the story to the best of my ability. And so when I finally was able to go in and let loose and just have fun, that's when Hori really came to life. And what was your favorite moment? Oh, man. I have a few. And I think the first one is in episode four when Hori is sick and she's kind of having fever dreams and um, she's kind of having a conversation with her mom like in these flashbacks as a little kid but then it actually turns out that she's kind of talking to Miyamura because he's come into the room um, and that was I think that scene in particular was important because it it shows so much about why Hori is the way that she is we kind of get some backstory on the fact that her mom was never home. And so she's the mom basically. And that's a big part of her personality. You know, she's group mom, she's taking care of people. She's responsible. Um, and we got to see that in a really emotional way. And so being able to portray that convincingly was really, really cool to me. And then of course, in episode seven, it's the whole elevator scene when Miyamoto returns from being out of town and, uh, from the time I watched that episode in Japanese, I I was I knew exactly how I wanted to portray it. Um, and of course, you know, some things change here and there, and it's really up to the directors to how we do it. But it was really cool to be able to come in with ideas, and then me and Caitlin kind of talk it out and, and come up with a product that we both really loved. Um, and then recording the final episode was so emotional because it was it, it was bittersweet because I was like this was my first lead role and now I'm basically graduating from the show just like these kids are um and it was awesome because at the very end um Caitlin and uh our audio engineer Zach were not aware that this was well Zach might have been aware he probably was uh but Caitlin was not aware that um Alejandro and Sean in their final session had left a little bit of a, a gift for me. Um, so after I had finished recording, Caitlin was like, yay, we're done. But the audio kept playing in the background. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And the video was moving too. And uh, turns out that Alejandro had recorded uh, a line a little differently, just as a flashback to a previous episode. And it was absolutely hilarious and very unexpected. And Caitlin and I were both laughing way too hard. Um, but it was just really cool because it meant a lot to me that Alejandro was like, you did a great job. Here's this gift. Um, and it was a really good send off. And what was your reaction to, to, I mean, did you, did you watch the series? Was it weird? Like hearing yourself like <laughs> as this character? I definitely watched the series. Yeah, it was, 
it's so funny. I I always wonder like if people that have been voiceover actors for a long time, if they're still weirded out by hearing their own voice or if they're used to it at this point. Um, for me, I think I slowly became more comfortable with hearing my own voice. And I think that also happened because I became more comfortable in the booth. And so my performance felt more natural to me. And I was like, okay, this is when you really slipped into a rhythm and you knew what you were doing. So uh, I guess to me, like I can hear a difference between the first, you know, however many episodes and then like six or seven on. Um, but maybe to other people, they can't hear that. Um, and apparently that's, you know, something that every voice actor kind of goes through. There's a little bit of a learning period um, and a, a, a time when you're internally trying to figure out what this character is and what they sound like. But to the people that are watching the show, they, they may not pick up on that. Um, but yeah, it was a, a great experience overall. And I learned a lot. And what was your, you know, speaking of learning stuff, like what was your biggest takeaway from the whole experience? Hmm. Uh, man. Honestly, for me, I, I think the biggest takeaway was there's, there's, I'm trying to even think of how to phrase it. Going into the booth and feeling a sense of calm and feeling at home and letting go of the idea that you have to do everything correctly. Uh, I, I guess to an extent there is a, you know, a correct way to say a line or, you know, you need to put the emphasis on this word for the meaning to be understood, but I needed to let go of this idea that I needed to be perfect every episode and instead, uh, just focus on telling the story, um, as believably as possible and really, uh, becoming Hori and, and getting to be her voice. I think that's when that really set in for me that there is no right right way to be this character. It's it's a a learning process and going in and and being comfortable with myself and who I am and my performance uh, really makes all the difference. And did you? <laughs> I, I know this is probably a weird weird question to ask, but did did you like read any any of the feedback people left on? on your performance or did you just like, ah? Oh, I, I totally looked. I know everyone's like, don't read the comments. And I was like, well, I'm not going to take them to heart, but to an extent I am curious to know what people are saying. Um, and especially in the very beginning, I was seeing a lot of comments like she sounds like a mom. Uh, she doesn't sound like, you know, the Japanese version. She, she sounds too mature. And to an extent I was like, I mean, yeah, probably, but it works for this character because she is group mom and she's very mature. Um, and I wasn't using like, you know, my most mature voice or whatever. Um, but I realized that that wasn't something that I felt like I needed to fix. Um, Caitlin and I both were kind of like, I, I think where your voice sits works. Um, maybe it could be a little more high pitched, but it doesn't need to be this over the top kind of, exaggerated high-pitched voice um like you I don't know might expect to see in like an isekai or something um but yeah um I read some comments and then there was a review that was like I guess I I don't even remember exactly um but it was it was kind of like Alejandro was great and Marissa was okay and I was like well that's fair because it's it's my first show like 
it's a learning process. I don't know. Like everyone goes through it. So yeah, I didn't take them to heart. It was interesting to read. Um, but overall, I was happy with my performance. And for the most part, I think the fans were too. I mean, I thought it was, I mean, you know, like I didn't want to like, cause when, whenever I listen to, to a dub, I know like stuff has to be changed because, you know, translation, you know, issues and localizing yeah. and, and I understand like some actors are going to uh, do their own take on the characters, but like, I can't believe like we're still having this conversation about like, Hey, you know, so-and-so doesn't sound like the Japanese voice. Well, they're not trying to. I don't know why <laughs> that's such a controversial thing yeah. to to um yeah to to, to understand but uh, it it boggles my mind that we're still it's 2021 and we're still having conversations about dub actor English voice actors not sounding like the Japanese their Japanese counterparts. <laughs> right. Yeah. I feel like there is definitely a fine line between bringing your own take to the character and giving the people what they want. <laughs> so it's something I think we all kind of struggle to find, but hopefully we find a good balance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, cause I watched the series dubbed cause I was just, you know, I, I watch, you know, dubs because I'm kind of interested, like does, does the material translate to an English speaking audience? And, you know, it's a, oh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a high school show. I mean, it's, it's, it's so basic. It's, it's a slice of life high school show. It works in, in English and, and I mean, I thought the cast did, I mean, some like with, like, again, with all, with, with most shows, there are some standout performances and there are some okay performances and, and I won't say anymore because I don't want people to, yeah. to, to you know, get mad at me for disliking a performance that someone else right. likes. So, you know, I'll leave it at that. But um, no, it's interesting that you, you said that you read uh, the comments and looked at the reviews. Cause I know like most people I've talked to just avoid that. It's like, especially when it comes to, to taking over a role that someone else had done, or if it's a fan favorite character and then they're like, Ooh, <laughs> you know, I don't want to, I don't want to look into that, but uh, kudos uh, for for you know for um, looking into the abyss as they, the abyss as they say. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, what uh, what has um, has changed for for you ever since uh, that the show wrapped up? Like, what you know, do you feel different? You know, <laughs> that now that you've wrapped up on your first lead role or does it feel, you know, does it feel the same? I do feel a little different. Um, I, I think it just really lit a fire under me in uh, pursuing voiceover further. Um, now that I've had a taste of what it feels like to really get to dive into a character and, and create that character, I want more of it, you know? And so I, I'm taking another voiceover class right now um, I'm slowly but surely upgrading my home studio so that hopefully I can start to get work from studios that maybe aren't local to DFW. Um, and I'm, I, I don't know. It is interesting because I, I started selling Hori prints online that are autographed and people are like tagging me on Twitter when they arrive and being like, I'm so excited. And I, it's, it feels so bizarre to me that this is a life that I have um, because I've always, you know, admired certain voice actors and been like, wow, it'd be really cool to be like that. And now I'm like, to an extent I am. And it, I, it, it doesn't feel real. Like it, it doesn't feel like it's me doing this. It feels like it's some stranger that I don't know. Um, and I'm just over the moon and, and God, I'm so grateful and so humbled by this experience. 
And I, I'm excited to keep, you know, trucking on and, and see what happens next. And, and what are the, you know, has there ever, you know, cause, um, have you ever watched like any of the recent shows and, and subbed and wondered like, you know, if, if, if so-and-so ever gets an English dub, I want that role or have you just, Wow. That's a good question. (laughs) Honestly, I've been so busy trying to watch the dub of all of these current shows that I really haven't watched the sub. Uh, So I don't know that I have an answer for you right now, (laughs) but I sure wish I did. Maybe I should do that. Or or, uh, more specifically, has there been like a role or in any any role in any franchise that you, uh, you know, anime or not, like you, you ever you wanted to take a stab at? Mm, that's such a good question. Hmm. I would love at some point, now that I think about it, um, I would love to play like a, a character in some sort of fantasy action anime. Um, you know, whatever that means. But I think it'd be really, really fun to do, you know, uh, combat sounds and, and like the hardcore power up yelling and, and that kind of thing. Um, and I think it helps because I have some theater training. And so I, you know, I support myself from my diaphragm and kind of know how to do these things as healthily as possible, if that's, you know, really a thing. Um, but yeah, I, some sort of role like that. And for some reason, I always imagine it being some sort of like uh, young male character. So he's, you know, kind of boisterous and loud. And yeah, I don't know. In my head, that's what I've created. And it sounds really fun. <laughs> So a shonen hero, basically. Yeah, 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 yep. Yeah, you know, well, there are like many shonen shows coming out. I would imagine that that feature like <laughs> a boy protagonist, and that. And there was a God. There was a there was one show where that. Um, now that I think about it, yeah, Naruto. Yeah, Naruto. That's a that's one that that oh, one yeah. that, uh, <laughs> one comes to mind <laughs> when I think shonen character uh, boy character voiced by a woman. Uh, God, isn't that weird? Like finding out, like <laughs> finding out that Naruto was voiced by a woman in the English dub. That's you know, that's uh, weird. Yeah, it's weird and awesome. I'm like, yes, more power to you. So, so basically, like you know, you want to take a, a stab at voicing a boy character. Is there is there a particular reason why? Um, I think it's just the fact that voiceover is so different from theater and film because. I can voice anything as long as it, you know, suits my voice. Whereas in theater and film, if you don't look the role, you're not getting it. Um, So to be able to play something that I normally wouldn't get the chance to is really exciting to me and a a challenge that I really look forward to. And and what was the most challenging thing about playing Hori? Oh, man. I guess to an extent, I was kind of intimidated by these voice actors in the show that have, you know, a following and they're well known and I was like, you know, I'm I'm joining their ranks. Like I'm in the show with them and and I didn't want people to play the comparison game and be like, well, she's brand new and she's not as good. So like, what the heck? Um, so I think a challenge for me was just overcoming my own fear or uh, sense of not enoughness and um, and just bringing the character to life the best way that I could. And... Um... And was there any big takeaway from the character, like like any quirks that you found yourself de- doing because you're playing you're playing the character for so long, and that that they kind of that they kind of you know, uh, became part of your normal life? 
I guess that's it's sort of funny because Hori and I are kind of similar personality wise to begin with. Um, but some of her her lines are just so snarky. Um, and so it was really, really fun to bring my own sarcasm into the role. And, and you know, especially when she's talking with her dad um, and just be kind of a little turd about it. And it was it was just really fun to be able to play um the sarcasm and the the quick wit of Hori and and kind of bring myself into that um so yeah it was a good time and uh yeah I I think one of the biggest takeaways I had from the character though um is that you need to open yourself up um and be vulnerable sometimes um that's something that I kind of struggle with because I'm I'm introverted and I kind of keep to myself you know, somewhat for the most part. Um, but it, to really, you know, nurture these relationships that you have with other people, you have to be willing to open up and be vulnerable with them. Um, and I think that's something that we see Mia Morda and Hori both do in the show. Um, and so it meant a lot to me to see that. And, and that's something that I, I want to do in my own life. So opening up and, and, and uh, you know, no, I mean, that's an interesting answer, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I thought you were, <laughs> I thought you were saying, I thought you were going to say like being a team mom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I don't really have to try to do that. I just am one. Well, not literally a mother, but I, I'm group mom. Like that's, that's my role in my friend groups. <laughs> So people come come to you for advice. That's cool. That's pretty cool, I guess. Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm the one that's like, okay, well, that's it's it's midnight. We should probably go home now. And do do you? Because uh, I know you guys. You know, obviously it's anime, so you guys didn't get the chance to record together. But have you ever, you know, interacted with any of your fellow castmates from the show, from the show? Yes and no. Um, I would say Twitter is like the best, the best way that we had to communicate because otherwise I, I wouldn't have had the chance to, you know, chat with them at all. Um, but we kind of became this little family and we would all kind of, you know, comment back and forth on our posts and like, like them. And um, so it was like little things like that, that helped. Um, but Celeste and I uh, both know each other in real life because we do theater together. So that was really cool to be able to be in a show with her, even though our characters never really like talk to each other. <laughs> it was just cool to share the experience of being in the show together. Um, and then Jalitza also, I believe, is from the area and we're represented by the same agent. So we kind of like knew who the other person was, but had never gotten to really talk to each other. And so that's something we're still trying to do is like, when are we going to hang out? But uh, yeah, it was really cool to be able to connect with people from, you know, other places in the country, but also reconnect with people that live, you know, right here that I, I see frequently. And and have you thought about like doing like um, get togethers once once this whole thing blows over? And, and, Maybe. And I don't yeah. know. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. I know it's funny. Kiba Walker, who plays... Um, Tani Hara had <laughs> every time I, I post on Twitter, he's like, so Horimiya group panel when? Um, and I'm like, yo, if someone wants to take us up on that, that would be awesome. Uh, so yeah, if anyone wants to uh, see a Horimiya group panel, let us know. Uh, well, we'll try to get that figured out. <laughs> that would be really cool. Um, 
But as far as like meeting in person, I don't know. I'm like, I, I want to visit LA at some point. So maybe then I could, you know, see some other folks that live out there. But uh, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because uh, I'm kind of so surprised because I know that uh, virtual cons are a thing. And I know that, that tons of people are doing like Twitch panels and whatnot. So I'm kind of like, eh, did, did you guys ever think of doing something like that? I think we're maybe toying with the idea. I also feel like everyone is so busy right now that it's kind of like, when are we going to find time to do this? And will people still want to attend by the time we get to it? Um, but I think it would be really cool and rewarding to be able to to have a group panel. Um, and I know a few of us are um, signed with gung-ho bookings for convention appearances. Um, so maybe, you know, Andrew over at Gung Ho Bookings would be able to to hook us up with some sort of like group panel. Um, that'd be pretty cool. Um, at the very least, like over Streamily or, or something like that, so that you know people could tune into a live stream. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, what else? Because I'm looking at my list of questions, and I think I pretty much asked all I needed to ask. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, darn. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> well, darn. <laughs> Went went through that faster than I thought I would. Anyway, um, like outside of oh, this is a good question. Outside of um, voice acting, what else do you do? Yeah, that is a good question. Uh, so I started out as a theater kid, but I still do um, a fair amount of theater. I mean, over the last year, I didn't really have many options for that. Um, I did some like virtual plays, um, but theater is slowly but surely trying to come back. So I'm in a show right now and and working on that and it's really really exciting to get the group back together after a year and a half um so i do theater um i play video games i uh i'm a ps4 girl so uh that's that's what i'm using um i love coffee um i have worked as a barista for a while and uh just got a new job but i still love coffee so i visit a lot of coffee shops and hang out to try and get work done um what else do i do yeah I'm trying to think I watch YouTube videos. Um, I watch anime. Um, and I read, you know, when I have free time. Well, what what games and what shows are you currently playing watch or slash watching? Ah, yes. So I play a lot of Overwatch, like a lot. I've been playing since the beta. Um, and for the last, you know, like four years, I think I've I've had a consistent group of internet friends that I play with, uh, which is really, really cool and they're great. I love them. Um, and let's see, as far as anime goes, I'm currently watching, uh, well, I'm watching Shadow's House now because I'm in that. <laughs> um, oh, what else am I watching? Fruits Basket. Uh, uh, I should probably just pull up my Funimation account and like look at it because I can't read off the top of my head. Um, I finished watching Skate the Infinity, which was so good. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of dubs that are are coming out now that I'm I'm trying to keep up with. Um, and as far as books go, lately I've been into um, a lot of I don't like calling them self help books, but for lack of a better term, I guess that the genre that they are in. Um, but a lot of books about like uh, being wise with your money and uh, you know just being a better person, I guess. Um, so like I'm reading uh, "You Are a Badass at Making Money." which is a great book, actually. I definitely recommend it. Um, and yeah, I'm still, I'm so behind because I got so busy, but I'm still making my way through the Horimiya manga. 
So yeah, hopefully I'll finish that soon. Uh, speaking of Overwatch, who's your main? Haha. <laughs> uh -huh. um, uh, well, you could probably guess. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I'm a support main for the most part. Um, so like Mercy, Moira, uh, Lucio, and Baptiste are my primary. Um, and then I, I play some pretty good Tracer, uh, if I do say so myself. Um, and Sombra. Sombra is my other one. Oh, no love for Zen because I'm I'm a I'm a huge Zen player. <laughs> I was here's the thing. I would love to, but with a controller, I cannot aim for crap. Uh so Anna and Zenyatta are like my least played. I I just can't aim. And I'm like, I you guys are all gonna die because I literally can't heal you enough to keep you alive, and I'm sorry. So let me just go a support that I know I can heal you with. <laughs> No, um, I'm actually really good at Zenyatta. And by by the way, anyone who says I'm, you know, because I, I remember this this hilarious back when I used to play Overwatch, um, you know, competitively. I I don't anymore because it's been like so forever, and I'm kind of like <laughs> everyone who's who who made that game what it what it is is pretty much gone from from Blizzard at this point. So there's no point in, in going back to it. But back when I used to play Overwatch. And I would, you know, talk to people about it and, and go through, like, you know, strategies and whatnot. Every, <laughs> I remember one person telling me, well, if you're having trouble with this, maybe you're terrible. Have you ever thought about that? And... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> By the way, you are talking to someone who not only got um, uh, Zenyatta's uh, Rapid Discourse trophy... And if you if you play the game, you know what Rapid Discord is. It is like one of the hardest trophies slash achievements you can get in the game, but also Reaper's Waste Not Want Not trophy. So anyone who tells me I'm garbage can suck it, like because those are like, excellent. Because those are the two hardest, like two of the most frustrating trophies you can get in the in the game. But I did it, so there you go. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. Um, and uh, uh, any anime shows like you've watched fully, like not not like kept kept up with like recently, but like watched fully, like a show that you've been been meaning to watch for a while now, but you never got the chance to until recently. Hmm. Yeah, I think about that one too. Because I feel like, for the most part, I'm just trying to keep up with them as they come out. Uh, yeah, I don't really... <laughs> so sorry, I don't really have an answer for that. Oh, man. Like, not even classic shows? The power of editing! So what were you saying before the call dropped? <laughs> yes. Uh, the I was going to say that the the first anime that I ever watched completely was Soul Eater. And I watched the dub, I believe it was on Netflix at the time. So uh, I was really inspired because I didn't realize that, you know, in voiceover, you can basically voice anything. It's just a matter of what your voice fits. But in theater and film, it's based a lot on what you look like. So if you don't look like a character, you're not going to play them. And it was really, really cool because I was like, oh, a woman voices Blackstar. I could play a boy. Um, and so that was really, really cool to me. And I, I'm still greatly inspired by Brittany Karbowski and all the roles she's played. So she's a big source of inspiration for me. 
and now that I think about Soul Eater, I kind of wish like they would do a do a do a remake of that show because uh, it kind of. But because by the because it was done at the time when the when when the manga was still ongoing, so the oh. ending the ending was kind of abrupt, and I'm like, there was a lot of stuff that um, didn't get covered, or was or was um, they got to it like before the manga did, so that's why the ending was kind of weird. So I'm interesting. Kind of, so I'm kind of like, you know, I kind of want a more faithful adaptation of the manga. <laughs> <laughs> True. But instead, we got Soul Eater Not, which was uh, whatever, <laughs> which is which was a thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, no, that's that's actually a really cool dub going back to it because um, it's 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 uh, fun being reminded that um, Laura Bailey, Travis Willingham, and Troy Baker started out doing Funimation shows. Yeah, <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah. Um, any other inspirations in, in, in the field of voice acting? Uh, Laura Bailey is a big source of inspiration for me just because her whole career, she's phenomenal. And I love that she's done, you know, video games and animation. And, uh, she's also just a great human being. And I think she's great. Um, uh, Don Bennett is another big source of inspiration for me. Her voiceover demos on her website, she is so vocally dynamic and can voice such a wide range of characters, and none of them sound like her. And uh, I think that's incredibly cool. So I'm very inspired by that. And um, who are who are the um, – because you said you, had, you came from a theater background, but who are your main inspirations in theater, in the world of theater? Ooh. You know what's weird is I hadn't really thought about that. Because honestly, I just kind of make my own path. Yeah. I guess I don't really have an answer for that one. No. <laughs> That's actually a really good answer, by the way, because it's like, you know, because I feel like when it comes to theater or acting in general, people focus too much on wanting to be the next so-and-so instead of just being the first you know, being, being you. Right. Yeah, that's fair. So that's a, that's actually a good, uh, a good question, a good answer, by the way. So, yeah. Um, Yay! <laughs> God, trying to think like, as I, cause I'm looking through my questions right now and I'm just like, I think I've asked all I needed to ask. So if there's anything else you want to talk about. Hey, that works. <laughs> you know, go uh, ahead. <laughs> just, I guess, thanks for, Thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, super stoked. If people want to find me on social media, I am out there. Um, I am on Twitter. It's literally my first name and last name with an underscore after it. And on Instagram, it is my first name and last name. Yay. Uh, super easy. All right. Thanks so much for taking the time up to do this. And if you ever want to come back, then you know where to find me. Sounds about right. <laughs> Thanks a bunch. All right. Bye-bye. Take care.